0: to the beginning again. That's where we are as a church family. You know, it was months ago that God began to stir something in me. As we started dreaming and planning and thinking about 2021, and I thought, to kick off the new year, where is it that God wants us to go? What is it that God wants us to to incorporate, to, to spiritually metabolize as the body of Christ to move his purposes forward. And I thought about, you know, leading out into 2021. And I got to be honest with you, there was a part of me in that prayer process with God that was kind of like, are we really leading out of 2021? Or are we just kind of escaping 2020? There, that was kind of part of how I was thinking about it. But then I started to think about a fresh start, beginning again, as the song says. And I thought, what better way to do that than to go back all the way back to the very beginning. What, what God had in mind in creation. And Genesis, of course, the first book of the Bible, being the first fresh start in the history of ever. And I thought, what a perfect way for us to launch 2021. You know, when I was a kid growing up in Houston, I have two brothers, and we spent a lot of time playing front yard football. Do you, do you, how many of y'all played front yard football? I personally believe that is a huge part of what is wrong with our culture. There's not enough front yard football going on in our world right now. I, I really believe that. And that's, that's a whole other sermon series that I'll save for another time. But I remember my bro, some of the biggest fights that I ever had with my two little brothers was in front yard football. Now my brothers are twins, Pat and Gil and they would usually play each other, and I was all-time quarterback. You remember all-time quarterback? That was kind of one of those rules that you had to do when you were making stuff up as you go along. And man, we would get into these knockdown dragouts, drag-outs, usually over a, a call that was made or was not made in a game. And it, it, it might go something like this. You were out of bounds. Man, you couldn't even see from over there. I'm telling mom, typical. It, it, just, it would escalate over and over again. But we had a rule. We had a rule that solved everything. This was better. This was long before instant replay, even in the NFL or at the college level. We had a rule that if we couldn't agree on a particular play or a call that was made or was not made, we would just wipe the slate clean. We would would go back to the line of scrimmage and act as if that play had never happened. Some of you know what I'm talking about. We would, of course, be, we would say, I'm gonna call a, A do-over, a do, I call a do-over. I'm just curious this morning, anybody wanna do a do-over on 2020? (laughs) I'm just asking for a friend. I mean, can I tell you something though? For everything that 2020 brought to our front door and the first week of 2021, none of it surprised God. There was not one thing that happened in 2020, 2021, or in any year, any time that has ever shaken, threatened or made vulnerable, the sovereignty of Almighty God. He remains undefeated in this world. and it is that reality that we cling to. You see? If you and I would look at our lives, if we would view the world through the lens of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, then we could see that no matter what happens, God remains God. And there's no better way to get at this than going into the book of Genesis. Over the next few weeks, in this series that we're kicking off today, In the Beginning, you and I are going to do a deep dive into the original beginnings. As a matter of fact, the word Genesis itself comes from an ancient word that just simply means the beginnings. It was how everything started. Now, a lot of people have spent a lot of time trying to discount the scientific accuracy and veracity of Genesis. And I, and I understand, I think, why that is, but you have to understand something. Genesis is not written as a textbook for science. It was never intended to be biology or geology or or archeology span or any of those ologies. Genesis is actually a love letter from God to help the people he created, which is everybody, to help the people he created understand who did it and why he did it. Now, I think it's imperative for those of us who go by the name Christ follower to be able to defend our faith. The Bible tells us to be ready in season and out of season to give a reason for the hope that you have. And we're going to talk about some of these things throughout this series. But for the moment, let's just establish as a baseline the reality that Genesis is ultimately biography and historical philosophy. It's biography and historical philosophy. It tells us who God is. It tells us who created everything that we're familiar with in this world, in the cosmos. But it also goes to great lengths to tell us why. It goes to incredible lengths and detail to explain so many of the things that are scientifically inexplicable. There's a lot of stuff. I think one of the things that true scientists would, would acknowledge, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Have you ever thought about that? Think about How many of you are parents? Can I see a show of hands, those of us who are parents? Isn't that true? The more you know about your kids, the more you know you don't know. There, there's so much more to know. How many of you are husbands? Men, can, can somebody give me a witness? Where our wives are concerned, the more we know, trust me, the more we know, the more we know we don't know. It's like, she's like an onion, a beautiful onion with always more layers. Thank God. That's great. But it does present some challenges from time to time. The same thing is true of God. The more we know of him, the more we know we don't know. And so Genesis kind of helps to establish a, a baseline for us. Now, we're also going to do something there's another thing that's going to happen throughout this series that I am jacked about. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, "Boy's excited." excited. I am excited because here's what's going to happen. Because we're taking the first few chapters of Genesis and doing this deep dive on them, all of us collectively are going to grow and build our Bible skills. What's gonna happen as we do this is we're all, myself included, we're gonna get better at the Bible. We're going to, through God's gift, through God's Holy Spirit, we're going to develop a deeper affinity for and ability with Scripture. We're, I think a lot of times people are so kind of like, like, like they pick up the Bible and they're like, man, I not Where where do you even start? I mean, golly, Genesis, Matthew, Mark, Luke, maps. What do I do? And I think the more we will dive into this, the less intimidating it will become. The, The more familiar we become with it, the more amazing this book becomes. And so I'm excited to do this. I think it's important that we make sure we understand that, we will never get to the bottom of God. We'll never get to the point where we, we've got the Bible down pat. Anybody tells you they've got the Bible down pat, run for the hills. But the fact that you'll never get to the bottom of God is part of what makes him God and it's part of the blessing, it's part of the goodness of God. Because every one of us who's been alive for more than 15 minutes Knows We get to the end of ourselves, don't we? Anybody get to the end of yourself? I'm just kidding. At any point in your life, have you ever gotten to the end of yourself and just said, I can't? Anybody? Those of you not raising your hands, y'all are awesome. <laughs> awesome liars. No, I'm just kidding. But you never get to the end of God. There's always more grace. There's always more truth to to apprehend, to understand, to apply and put into practice. Genesis is a fascinating, fascinating book. Now, you may not be a Christ follower yet, and if you're not, man, we are thrilled that you're here or watching online. Let Let me just suggest to you that Genesis is one of the most intellectually challenging books in the entire Bible, It is a book of staggering intellectual caliber. As a matter of fact, Jordan Peterson, a renowned scholar, best-selling author, he's a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. Dr. Peterson has famously spent years studying the narrative of Genesis. And one of the conclusions that he's come away with is this, that I think is spot on. There's a lot we don't understand about the biblical stories. No matter how educated you are, you're not educated enough to discuss the psychological significance of the biblical stories. Now think about that for a second. No matter how educated you are, no matter how smart you are, none of us can fully grasp the psychological weight of what God has given to us throughout the Bible and particularly in Genesis. And here's another thing that's gonna happen over the next few weeks. Every single one of us, through God's grace, by his hand and his leading, as we appropriate more of the scripture, as we develop more skill with the sword of the Spirit, God is going to be building within us a psychological resilience, an emotional grit that living in the 21st century absolutely demands. Here's what's going to happen. The more you immerse yourself in the narrative of Genesis, the more you immerse yourself in the narrative of Genesis, the more you're going to see, and if you want to, the more you will experience personally, the person, the power, and the purpose of God. The person, the power, and the purpose of God. But you gotta want to. It reminds me of what Pastor Terry Cadwell said in the sermon that he brought to our church family just recently, that, God will make a way if you want to, if you want to. So I want to I encourage you. I want to kind of kickstart your want to this morning as we launch into this new year as a church family. By the way, I also want to thank Pastor Terry. I also want to thank Whitney Wiseman for the message she brought right after Christmas that yeah. Christmas was just the beginning. I, I wasn't here, but I made sure that I went back and listened to him. Y'all, we we got some teachers and preachers in this church. I mean, both of them. We're we're better for them being a part of our family. And so we're grateful to them. Now, today we're just gonna, we're gonna, as I said, we're gonna do a deep dive. We're we're gonna mine this for everything it's worth. And I wanna invite you, bring your Bibles with you. I want you to get used to, I want you to develop that skill with the sword, if you will, Bring your Bibles on Sunday morning. If you're at home, you can go get it. But bring your Bibles. We're going to look at two verses of Scripture today. Two verses. That's all we're going to do for the next three hours. And what we're going to do, (laughs) I was just seeing if you were waking up. Two verses. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And as you're looking up Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it's very close to the beginning. As you're looking those up, one of the other things that I think is going to happen out of today in particular is that you're going to notice throughout the week ahead, as we go through this together, which we're going to do over the next few days before next Sunday, you're going to notice a dialing down, a lessening of anxiety and stress, you're you're going to notice as you do what God shows us here that you gain perspective. And as you gain the perspective of God, we look through the lens of the gospel at our lives and at our world. As we gain that perspective, we gain a corresponding peace we gain a corresponding sense of, okay, whatever's going on, God's still God. And it begins in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Here's what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the source, surface, of the waters. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In that one sentence, there are six things about God that I want you to walk out of here with and ruminate on and put into practice in this coming week. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the And the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The first fact that I want you to make sure that you understand and own is the fact that God is eternal. God is eternal. Now, the word eternal is fraught with chronological challenges. It's hard for us. As human beings, very, very finite. There, there's not one person here watching online, not one of us is infinite. We we are very, 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 very finite. And, and the older you get, I think the more aware of that you become. Isn't that true? Like like you just know. This happened to me about seven months ago. I was putting something in the back of my pickup truck, I climbed up into the bed of the truck to, to tie it down. And have you, did, did y'all know this, any time a man ties something down in a pickup truck, it's not secure until he says, that ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Am I right? Every time. That ain't going nowhere. Now we can go. Well, I, I finished tying it down and the, the tailgate was down and I walked to the edge of the truck and I, Jump down, and for the first time in my life, I went, oh! <laughs> I realized my knees have zero shock absorption anymore. Like I mean, none. And I just made myself a little note: climb down, <laughs> just climb down. Now that's not bad. It fit for that. First time that to happen at 54 years old, but it was real, Jack. I mean, there was just, I was like, okay. <laughs> you know those legs that used to, you know, propel you upwards and gave you the massive hops? They ain't there anymore. We're so finite. We, we can't comprehend infinite fully. It's, it's really hard to understand eternal Eternal chronologically means that God had no beginning, that he has always been there, that the the time and space continuum that you and I operate on never bothered God. He has always been, and by the way, he will always be. Now, here's what's interesting. You and I created in the image of God, our souls are forever that way. Our souls will never go away. They'll they'll go to one of two places, but they will never go away. You and I will stretch out onto that side of eternity forever. So the fact that God has always been, is now, and always will be means that nothing that has ever happened in the world Nothing. Turn to your neighbor and tell him nothing. nothing. Nothing has ever, ever surprised God or threatened God. Nothing. He remains God. He has never been surprised or threatened. Now, I have to share with you, over the last, let's just call it seven days, I have felt personally just a certain amount of angst. I watch the news, I see what's going on in our world, in our nation, in our city. And it's easy for me. I noticed like one day I was watching, I was watching the news just to see if I'd missed anything. And and I felt, I felt my heart beating faster. i was like, usually that only happens when Julie walks in the room. This is not that much fun. And then I came back to what I was getting ready to preach to you. I came back to the fact that God is eternal. We should absolutely work and pray for the peace of the city where He has sent us. No question about it. But we also remember no matter who sits in any office, in any chamber it never changes who sits on the throne. It never changes the one who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if we remember that that's where our primary allegiance lies, then again, we gain perspective on what happens here. And as we gain perspective, we gain peace. God is eternal. It says, in the beginning. So when everything started, God was already there. He is eternal. Number two, God is personal. He is personal. I don't mean like He relates to others. I mean that He has a personhood. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God is a personality. He's not the force. He's not energy sending good thoughts to the universe. That's not God. God has a personhood to him and it's important that we remember that god is real and god has a personality there is something about him that we can all connect with because of his personhood it's not just that god is the universe all in one one and all now he is omnipresent he's everywhere he is omniscient he knows everything He is omnipotent. He is all powerful, but he has a personhood. God is personal. Number three, God is self-sufficient. God is self-sufficient. In the beginning, God means that this this is the most beautiful thing in the world. This, This may be the crux of the whole series right here. God doesn't need me. Think about that. Now, at first glance, you may kind of push back on that a little bit and go, whoa, 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 Mac, whoa. (laughs) He may not need you, but I'm awesome. (laughs) And we all feel that way, let's be honest. We we have to kind of overcome that, but he is self-sufficient. If God was in the beginning, and he was, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he already had everything he needed in himself. You see, that's hard for you and me because every relationship you and I have, pretty much, we're always evaluating, how's that going? What am I I getting out of this relationship? What am I giving to this relationship? Is this worth it? We ask that a lot, don't we? God never asked that of himself. He was completely self-sufficient. In the beginning, God. He's always been there. Number four, God is original. God is original. I don't mean like God is just, he was there first. I mean, he originated everything. In the beginning, God created. He got the whole ball rolling. He was the one who set the cosmos spinning in the beginning. He was original. And so everything that we see ultimately functions under the umbrella of his sovereignty and authority. Now, you and I both know there's a lot of stuff that functions down here that is do. There's a lot of stuff that we see happen in this world and we're like, whoa, 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 that's not of God. And you're right. For some reason, for some reason, God has chosen To allow some things to happen in order to accomplish his purposes. Just because something's happening doesn't mean that's of God. But he allows some things. But he is the one who originated everything, he got the ball rolling. Number five, God is intentional, he's intentional. He's eternal, he's personal, he's self-sufficient, he's original, and he is intentional. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He had something in mind. There was a purpose in creation. He's intentional about it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, Just just in that one, the first sentence of the Bible, we learn so much about God. We learn so much about who he is and what he's up to and what he's doing. And, And knowing those things about God are critical. You can't know God without knowing those things about God. I loved earlier that Mike Ward told us that his birthday is this coming week. Kind of, a, kind of a cry for help, but that's, I like that he did that. <laughs> so I, I know Mike, but now I know more about Mike, which will help me to know him. What I know now about Mike is not that his birthday is this week. I know now that Mike likes people to know that his birthday is this week. <laughs> that's a significant difference. See, in order to know somebody, you gotta know about them. And when you, when you really start to weigh all of these things about God, he's eternal. He's personal. He's self-sufficient. He's original. He's intentional. When you weigh all of these things, you, you can know about him academically, intellectually. But I think, There's one more thing that we have to understand. And this, I know, is the most important part about God. God is love. God is love. And it's at this point that we move from the academic to the application, we move from the philosophical to the personal. And it's at this point that that we all have a choice to make. Because we could all walk out of here and go, well, you know, God is eternal. Uh, Let's see, what else was there? God was, was there's something else. He was original, yeah, he was original. He was intentional. You know, we we could list all of those things, but when you consider the ultimate fact of God that he is love, then you got a choice to make. I, I think that's what, Jordan Peterson was addressing when he said, we can't educate ourselves enough to discuss the full weight of the psychological implications of scripture. You see, the, the way that these facts give us perspective that lead to peace is through worship. It's, it's when we begin to worship God for the fact that he is eternal for the fact that he is personal, for the fact that he is original, for the fact that he is self-sufficient, for the fact that he is intentional, and for the fact that he is love. We worship God for those things. And when we worship God, look what we're doing. We're now engaging with him. We're relating to him. It's a relationship that transcends religion, rules and regulations. And is that relationship becomes more and more a part of the fiber of who we are. It it gives us that perspective that leads to peace that passes all understanding. You see, the fact that the peace of God passes understanding doesn't mean that it's divorced from intellectual rigor. It means that it transcends it. it. It eclipses it. It moves beyond it. I said something earlier that I wanna go back to. God doesn't need me. Remember that? And, and God doesn't need you. Here's why that's the most beautiful part of the Bible. Because it means that he wants you. He wants you. He created us by speaking us into existence for relationship. He wants you. He wants me. 1 John chapter four. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and people. We'll talk more about that next week, but in this moment, I want to ask you if you would bow your heads. And as you bow your heads, I want to ask you to please listen closely. You may be here in the room, you may be online. Here's what I wanna invite you into this week. Every day, starting Monday, make a five-minute appointment. Make a five-minute appointment to worship God for a part of his character that he has revealed to us in Genesis 1-1. Tomorrow, We're gonna worship God because he's eternal. And we're gonna take five minutes to be quiet, to be alone, still, with no alarms, no beeps, and just worship God because he's eternal. Now for some of us, five minutes of quiet and alone is gonna feel like a lifetime. but push through that. Take five minutes with just you and God. If you want to take it to the next level, have a journal. Write out your prayer of worship to God for his eternal, eternal character. And then I want you to notice throughout the day how much That helps with stress and anxiety. And every time you think about it, every time you notice it, just say a prayer of thanksgiving. Now it probably will not eliminate stress and anxiety. Did you know that stress is actually good for us in in appropriate doses? Anxiety is not from God, but a little resistance, a little headwind, that actually helps. It reminds us that we need a God who is eternal. And then Tuesday, we'll look at the fact that in the beginning, God, that He is personal, that He's real, that He is available, accessible, all of those things on Tuesday, but go along with us together as a family. You can keep up through our social media channels. But as we conclude this service, as we launch the new year, I wanna just make sure that that you understand God's end game The end game of creation is that you and I would glorify him and enjoy him forever. That we would glorify him and enjoy him forever. That's why God sent his son into the world so that whoever believes in him would never die but would have eternal life. The life that is truly life. If you're here today and you've never stepped into that life personally and definitively, we wanna invite you to do that right now. Just pray right where you're sitting, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of beginning. And silently say this, just silently say, Jesus, I need you. You are God and I am not. And in this moment, I confess my sin to you. I claim your forgiveness, and I will follow you. I pray this prayer in your name. And just for a moment more, just a moment, if that's your prayer, then as a church, as a a family, we wanna help with what's next couple of things. If you would, let us know that you made that commitment. Our connect card is available online through our app or on our website. Just fill that card out and let us know, hey, I committed my life to Christ this week. And what that does is that allows us to come alongside and help with what's next because this is just the beginning for you. And we have the privilege, we have the responsibility to help Second thing, if if you're here or if you're watching online, that's fine. As our heads are bowed, would you just raise your hand? If that was your prayer, would you just lift your hand and hold it up in the air for a second? As a statement. If you're online, you can lift your hand in the comment section, in the chat. But whatever it is, just lift your hand and say, by your hand in the air, I made a commitment today. And know that as a family, we honor that and celebrate that with you. And our family tradition around here is you can put your hands down and we're gonna put our hands together and tell you welcome home, welcome home.